0: What's up, guys? Today I'm joined by Eric Hutcherson, Chief Human Resources Officer and Executive Vice President at the NBA. You heard it. The National Basketball Association, which just announced it's returning to competitive play on July 31st at Disney World. You can stream it on your TV. This is really exciting stuff. There's one more thing I wanted to touch on. While this interview was recorded before some of the crazy events at hand and this new fight for equality, We don't dive directly into the NBA's efforts to battle it alongside us, but we do touch on the importance of being on top of the changes occurring in both business and society and how important it is to be cognizant of them. Let's bounce into the business of basketball and the future of the NBA. So, Eric, I think a great way to start this conversation is to kind of unpack the business you're in. You were in finance, and then you were in insurance, and now you're at the NBA. So, I'd like to learn a little bit about how you think about the business of sports and how it's different from other industries that people might be familiar with.
1: Um, I've taken a number of circuitous routes to my career, but, um, but, you know, the, the sports world and the business world are connected pretty closely, you know, between Putnam Investments and Mercer and Marsh, you know, you had consulting, you had insurance, you had uh, um, um, the investment side of the house. And then um, throughout all of those, you know, Two things that I find that are common, but two things that I think are very different. On the common side, business is business, and what we're finding is now, no matter what product you have to offer or service you have to sell, customer experience is really the key. And so, as we now have the conversation about customer experience from a business perspective, it's it's akin to fan experience in the sports world. And so when you think about the consumer that you interact with, whether you're in a consumer packaging business or whether you're in a retail business or whether you're in a services business, the experience that that client or customer has is, is, is the key to, to your to your company and your service, and I think that's one of the common themes.
0: Yeah, I think the employees are, are certainly a common theme. and I'd love to flesh out an analogy here, Eric. The NBA is an iconic brand that you know puts on a show for millions of people. And Netflix is a company that also puts on shows for millions of people. Netflix has a employee workforce of around 8,600 people. The NBA is something like 4,000. Do you see the size of the NBA staff as someone who oversees HR
1: growing in the future? You know, what's interesting is most people think that the NBA is a lot bigger than it is. We're 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 probably 5,000 people if you add all of our NBA teams together with the league office. The league office is really only about 1,500, maybe 2,000 people at most. When you add the 30 NBA teams in, then you start getting bigger and then you add G League teams and then you add 2K League and then you add the Africa League and you add the WNBA and then you start getting a little bit of scale we sort of expand and contract depending upon your perspective on the place what's different about the NBA is we're a little bit of an event company we're a little bit of a we're a media company we're a marketing company and we're a series of sports leagues we are constantly expanding and growing and you know given the circumstances of COVID-19 and things like it you know game presentation will probably never be the same the in arena experience will probably never be the same the viewing experience will probably never be the same we're adjusting as we go along and it's really exciting to be a part of that business because we're changing
0: the best organizations really have people who love working for those companies and are really energetic about the mission my next question is does the NBA treat the players like they're Employees or, or are part, or part of the NBA, or do you leave it to the teams to make the players feel appreciated and valued and part of the greater
1: story here? Yeah, it's sort of an interesting dynamic because it's a little bit of both, you know, whether it's NBA, W, NBA, G, League 2K players, each of our employment situations are different for those different leagues and how they interact with the league. The commonality is we're all part of one organization, you know. So while every, let's take the NBA, while every NBA player is aligned to their NBA team, and while that team is independently owned and run by whomever is the principal governor of that team, those players are still part of a larger ecosystem called the NBA. And so Those 30 teams and those 450 players are both employees of their individual team, but also members of a larger NBA ecosystem that all claims each other. And the the great thing about the NBA is the partnership between the players and the league is very close, and the partnership between teams and league is very close. And you've mentioned the 2K
0: E-League a few times, so i got to touch on that. Obviously, the the NBA ecosystem is a lot bigger than just the NBA. Uh, Esports are really hot. You know, we've seen these Fortnite guys win like a million dollars in these competitions. So now that we're in COVID-19 and we're living in this remote format, how Mm -hmm. is the conversation shifting around the 2K E-League to maybe being a bit more important
1: because it is something that's done remotely online? The 2 k E-League is coming up on three years old now, and... um... I don't think, you know, the current pandemic has been the reason for the 2K League to get more prominence or to get more visibility. I think it's been really exciting to see the, the growth trajectory that the 2K League is on. You know, what we're finding is that game playing is as popular for a population of people as actually playing the game. You know, I was at the NBA draft a couple of years ago and one of the 2k players came into the arena and the place was all abuzz and and at the time i didn't know who he was and i was like who's that guy and they are like oh he's one of the guys that plays in the 2k league for for the Knicks." and 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 that's where it really became clear to me that these guys are just as much professional athletes or superstars as our existing athletes
0: eric a goal of yours is to make the nba a more collaborative and engaging place now you know, we've seen some cool tech come down the line, you know, from over here in Silicon Valley, we've got, you know, some VR goggles that might actually enable us to sit courtside and pretend like we're, you know, we shield out $10,000 for the game. What other kind of technologies do you think will uh, increase fan engagement and overall contribute to the customer experience of the NBA in the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I think innovation is going to be at the heart of everything that we do. and whether that's innovations in the viewing experience from home, second screen technology, the ability to see you know, statistics on screen as you're watching the game, the ability to interact live on your tablet as the game is going on, the ability to make purchases or to, um, to vote on you know, next play or to make bets during the game, or any of those things I think will all be new innovations and new experiences that a fan can have during the game, I think the other things that you'll see will be, um, you know, increased technology in actually the, 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 in actually the production of the game. So whether that's um, more cameras to see better angles, whether that's um, the use of, you know, VR on a broader basis, you know, whether that's, you know, having more direct access to what you're hearing in the huddle or what you're hearing on the court uh, you know could you imagine if every player was mic'd up during the game or if the if the the the, the team huddle was always mic'd up or if you could hear the interaction between the referees and the players and, and 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 many other uh innovations that may come down the pike a few years
0: ago you said i can't wait for the next challenge to come because i'm excited to not only overcome it but to then be ready for the next one Is this the kind of
1: challenge that you were envisioning when you said that? I talk about that in the context of our calling and the NBA's calling is to compete with intensity, lead with integrity and inspire play. I don't know what challenge comes ahead. I don't know what's around the corner, but I know that I'll be ready to face that challenge and I'll have what I need to be equipped to face and solve it and be ready for the next one that comes. And in that context, No, I wasn't expecting a global pandemic, but it's the thing. So as a league, we went from a point of fear to a point of acceptance. And in that point of acceptance, how do we make the most of this? And how do we get the best out of this? And how do we turn into silver linings? And how do we make it so that even in a time of very significant transition and challenge, that we can find opportunities to innovate and be better and so whether it's the pandemic as a challenge or whether it's social issues as a challenge or whether it's, you know, a new normal as it relates to the viewing experience for uh, for our fan base or or whether it's challenges that we have around the globe, you know, no matter what it is, I think we've got the people and we've got the capability and we've got the wherewithal to be able to solve those problems and move on to the next one.
0: So we are living through a challenge like you mentioned and the last dance has been this great kind of way to take the pressure off this pandemic you know it's been coming out every week and to direct streaming from the last dance do you see kind of a new kind of sports series documentary trend wherein the stories get told behind the
1: games so you know what's interesting is that's our history so we've the nba long before i was at the nba um that's been our history that the, the, the uh the birth of nba entertainment was those long-form content stories and those documentaries and that took us back to the days of old and it, it kind of brought us back to a little bit of our history and there's the core fan that really just wants to like dig into the game and then there's what we call the casual fan who sits in that outer circle that really is interested in the game, but sort of as the backdrop, they really want to hear the stories and see the behind the scenes. And then there's the curious fan that maybe doesn't even care that much about the game. People sort of engage in the content in whichever form they think is appropriate. So I think our future is designing and delivering content that speaks to everyone. So what's your advice to students who want to get
0: into the business of sports? You started there, you went and you did other things, and and now you're back. What's your advice to students who want to get into the game? Uh, And beyond that, does the NBA offer internships as an organization for college students who uh, want to get a a taste of, of the action?
1: We have a very strong internship program we ha- we, uh, we postponed our internship program this year, but instead we did a virtual development program for the people that we had given internships to because we had already made decisions on our interns when the pandemic hit. So um, our 65 interns this summer are all going through a development program with a commitment that their internships are valid for next year's. We hire the best and the brightest out of some of the best universities and they come and they work in a two-year rotation program with us and they Learn different facets of the business, and then they land in, into one of the groups. Um, and And I love those programs because they're great pipelines for future talent for us. and I and I love to see us engage in future talent in that way. We're still a pretty expansive business across a number of different disciplines. We're not as big as some companies might think we are, but uh, but we but we punch above our weight. So there's a lot of good stuff that's happening out there. And you know, my advice to students would be: be tenacious, um, be bold. But also be great, like really focus on being great in your academics, being great as a human being, being great in your community, being great with your friends and colleagues. Um, Be intellectually curious. You got to read. You got to get involved. You know, the art of speaking, teaching and writing is a lost art. So I applaud you guys for even doing this podcast. You know, the ability to convey the spoken word, the ability to get people to move to action through through your guidance and coaching and the ability to write really dig into whatever business you're interested in whether it's directly or peripherally in sports and and make sure that you're that you're really honing your craft what do you stand for on certain issues what do you believe in certain disciplines what's your view on the direct to consumer experience what's your thought around the future of sports marketing like if you want to be in this business you got to really dig in and think about what you think about what you believe in into those different spaces So you have something to talk about when it comes time to sit down and talk to somebody. Because you never know when that opportunity comes. And the opportunity a lot of times comes when you're not ready for
0: it. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Eric Hutcherson, Chief Human Resources Officer and Executive Vice President of the NBA. Before we leave, I want to throw out the name of an organization that's doing a lot right now in this new fight for equality and to end racism. And it's called Campaign Zero. It's a policy think tank where all funds donated go to support the analysis of policing practices across the country. There's research done to identify effective solutions to end police violence and to help develop legislation and advocacy to end practices of police violence nationwide. Stay involved, stay engaged, don't forget to vote, and follow these organizations that are doing things. Be on social media, get engaged, keep talking. We'll be with you guys on Monday.